You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hello, friends. I'm so glad you decided to hang out with me for a few minutes. I'm honored and privileged every time you tune into this show because it means that we're going to have a little chat together and that you care enough to come back again and have another listen in. So I so much appreciate my regular listeners. And if this is your first time, welcome to Life Repurposed. I'm glad you've joined me. I want you to pretend that we're riding in the car or we're sitting in the living room or we're just hanging out somewhere. We're talking on the phone, something like that. And I'm sharing with you what's most on my heart and you're just listening in and then you're going to give me your response back. And that's where I would love to have your response back through an email or a message or something like that where you just let me know how a message that I have um, sent out there on a podcast has resonated with you. I have really appreciated those of you who have taken the time to write to me and to tell me how something has spoke to your heart and how you've connected with something that God has also put on my heart. So today I want to talk about how lonely doesn't always mean alone. Sometimes someone says something that strikes a chord with me, and it crosses my mind often through the week. I don't know if you ever had that, but I'll hear something someone says in a sermon, or I'll see something someone says on a social media post, something like that, and it'll just keep going through my mind. Like I think, what does that mean? And why does that keep coming to my mind? Well, not long ago, a comment on social media did that for me. It was not a bad comment. It wasn't really a negative thing. It was just something that really struck me. And it wasn't even in the same context as the author meant it, but it prompted some of my own thoughts. And I connected and actually some synapses in my brain connected with the message. Isn't it lovely when that happens? Sometimes the thoughts are just all spinning around and then ka-ching, a couple of them really line up. So that's what happened here is just some thoughts, some random stuff. You're like, why am I listening? Because if you're feeling it too, I want you to connect with this. So this week I want to talk about loneliness, and I think it takes many forms, but this one really hits me because one is not necessarily the loneliest number like the 60s song once said. Sometimes we can even be more lonely in groups than we are alone. So lonely doesn't always equal isolated. It really depends on the person. And so this comment that I saw had to do with feeling alone in groups of people and for a very different reason from what I was thinking. But it it hit me that there are people all around us out there who are feeling lonely. I've said it before here on this show that I'm an introvert and let's make it clear that I'm not shy. I'm not like somebody who goes into a crowd of people who's quiet and timid. I will have conversations and I don't avoid people. I don't hate people. I just recharge most when I'm alone doing something quiet or peaceful or fun or creative by myself. And so for me, uh, going to a conference or attending a family reunion is not my idea of how I recharge. But I've also realized that I often feel alone when I'm with a group of people. And I don't think this has everything to do with being introverted. I think that's a piece of it. But I also think that it has something else to do with my thought process and what's going on in my own life. So 
I'm alone often because I work in a home office and I'm self-employed as a freelancer. And so I spend a lot of time by myself. I connect with people in various ways, sometimes phone calls. I go out with friends, except for when we're in quarantine. Um, I connect on social media and all of those things help me to feel connected with people. But I realized that because I sometimes feel alone or lonely when I'm in a crowd of people, I've realized this is why quarantine has not felt that awful for me. And I'm in a place now where quarantine is over and things are reopening. But the several months that we had where we weren't going places were not awful for me because I still felt connected in meaningful ways to people. So the more often I have been in groups of people where I felt lonely, the more stressful that is. And being alone removes that stress. Now, this is not just about introverts and it's not about quarantine. I really want to talk about what makes us lonely. So first, I'm going to share some observations with you. And then I'm going to share how I think God can use that in us to make us into better people and even to heal some of the wounds that we have. So just a few of my observations. I've noticed that for some people, being alone is lonely. So as in isolation from others, being alone is very lonely for some people. For others, being married is lonely because there's conflict in the marriage and they don't know where to turn and they feel very alone in their struggle and even their spouse is part of the problem. So that's an alone and lonely place to be. Some people feel lonely in groups of people and I'm going to come back to that shortly because that was my observation about myself. Lonely also might be... um, Lonely people might be people who know a lot of friends and hang out with a lot of people. They might be lonely, but they have a huge circle. So they're not people who are like hermits isolated away at home. Loneliness can come with change. It can come with moving and changing jobs. And quarantine was one of those changes that we recently had. I remember, um, Let's see, it would have been um, 14 or so years ago when our family relocated for my husband's job. And when you relocate for a job, everything changes. Your kids have a new school. Your husband has a new job. You have a new church. You have a new circle of friends. You have a different house. You have a different neighborhood. Everything changes. And it can feel like a really alone time for some people. I remember that being an adjustment period for sure. Um, Sometimes being lonely comes from being the only one in a certain scenario. So perhaps the only one of an economic status in a group, like the only one who says, I don't really want to go out to that restaurant where they charge $100 a plate. And you're the only one that is saying, I can't afford it. And you don't want to tell people that. Um, Sometimes it might be being the only person of color with a lot of Caucasian people. And just being lonely and not feeling that connection with people who are similar. It could be uh, a change has gone on in your life and you no longer feel at home. You feel lonely in your familiar group. An example of this would be if you are sober now and all of your friends are people who still drink. So it's lonely because you're the only one in that group. And another one that I can think of would be like not speaking the language and being in a group of people who are all speaking a language you don't understand. So there are many uh, many different ways that we might be the only one. Those are just some examples. And the last one that I thought of 
was that um, social anxiety and wanting to be accepted can be lonely. So sometimes people are afraid to say something and they have anxiety about being their true self because there's some anxiety that comes with the possibility of rejection. Those are just some observations. There's so many more, but that's just some things I've observed. The one that I want to focus in on just a little bit more, zoom in on, is the one that I mentioned where I said, I've discovered that I often feel lonely in groups of people, even people I love. And there's a few reasons. I'm doing a little self-analysis here to see if I can figure out why that is, because I'm not depressed. I want to make that really clear that I am not sad. I'm sad about things going on in our world for sure, but I'm not like gloomy, sad, like um, feeling hopeless, sad, and I don't feel depressed. It's just that in some circles, I feel lonely and I'm longing to just go home and hang out with a good book, put on my pajamas and watch a Hallmark movie or something like that. Okay, so one of the reasons I think that this happens is if I feel people don't get me. Like they just don't understand my wants, my desires, the things that I really love, or they don't agree with me. I feel lonely because I don't feel a one in unity with the group. Another one is uh, based on the idea that we sometimes structure our friend groups in a way that could set us up for potential loneliness in the future. Here's an example. For many years, all of my friends were of the same mindset as I am and shared similar values and beliefs. I met them at church. We have a lot of similarities about family values and about what we think about our culture, the world around us, even politically. And if your beliefs or values begin to go in a different direction or take on a little different flavor than the others, that leaves you as the only one in a group. Again, back to that only one idea and unable to speak without fear of being condemned for your thoughts. And this is something I've observed in other people and something I've observed in myself. When all of our friends are of the same mindset, we either have to keep the mindset or we have to diversify our friends a little bit. For me, it's that As God continues to work on me, I've noticed that things that I was so set on at one point, I'm not as set on, and I'm not talking about like the core of my Christian beliefs at all. I'm not. I'm not talking about those things. Those things have not changed at all. But um, how I think about issues in society around me or even how I spend my money can change over time. So if I, and this is an if scenario, if I were part of an affluent group of people and I suddenly had a change in status because of a job change or something like that, that's an example of how if all of your friends are affluent and you're not anymore, you don't fit in. So I'm saying this is like multi-layered and it's not something that is based on like... um, you know, I, I'm like changing my mind on whether the Bible is true or something like that. I have not. So um, I just want that to be clear. But as we move into talking about life repurposed, I want to give some examples of ways we can take these conflicting feelings that we have and turn them into something that's meaningful and not just stressful. 
I'm starting to notice that anytime I'm feeling something in my own life that brings some kind of angst or unrest, that it gives me an opportunity to practice empathy for someone else. So by noticing when I feel lonely, it helps me to repurpose that feeling into something productive. I want to give you some examples of ways that this can work in my mindset, and hopefully it can work in yours as well. One is increased awareness of who isn't talking when I'm in a group and I want to bring them into the conversation. If I become more aware of who's not participating, then I'm able to see that there could be a reason. I don't have to dig into that reason or really you know, figure it out. I don't have to get inside of someone else's head. But it's really important for me to notice when somebody else isn't talking because it could be that they're afraid to speak their opinion. It could be they're just shy, but I don't know that. And I don't want to assume that somebody is shy. They might be quiet because they're feeling outnumbered. And so I look for ways that I can bring people into a conversation. Another one is that being more aware of when I feel lonely gives me a desire to make sure that others feel they won't be attacked if they say something that doesn't perfectly align with my point of view. And so this means practicing being less argumentative and more often saying things like, tell me more, and just letting curiosity take over instead of evaluating everything someone says, because I don't want to contribute to someone else's loneliness just because we might not agree on something. Another one is that this could lead to an intentional search to add more diversity to the friends I choose. So if I've noticed that everybody in my friends group thinks the same, it's pretty valid that I need to have some diversity in at least the thought process of the people I hang around with just because it's nice to have the freedom to have that variety and um, to let everybody sort of morph in their thinking as they process what's going on, especially in the world around us. Um, as we become more and more aware of things like even, um, for example, our own racist thoughts, then it, you know, our thoughts might change. Like maybe things that came out of our mouth at one point, we would never say again. And that's just a small tweak or a change that leads to big results in our own life and could eventually change who we hang out with, um, especially if we start to notice that we were perhaps hanging out with a group of people that tend to be more racist in their thinking. So these are just hypothetical examples I'm giving, not ones from real life, but um, based on the idea that what we notice in ourselves helps us to become more aware of other people. Another one is for those of us in Christian circles to develop more openness to hear from someone who says they're doubting their faith so they don't feel alone in expressing what is their deepest need. So if somebody is really having a hard time trusting that what the Bible says is true or what God says is true, sometimes we almost stuff their feelings because um, the messages we send have a tone of don't think that way. And instead of making them lonely as somebody who's really struggling, we could listen and let them just express that and have that freedom to process through as God leads them on a journey towards building faith. Another one is that rather than retreating, if I feel lonely in a crowd, I can approach someone else. So this is a flip, and I consider this a repurposing in myself, is my first instinct would be retreat. 
go home, go sit somewhere, find something else to do, grab my phone, you know, all those things. Like I just not participate if I'm feeling lonely. But if instead I approach someone else who either isn't talking or doesn't seem engaged in the conversation, then I make it about other people and not just about me. And so I don't sit and wallow in my own feelings, but I just find a way to minister to somebody else. Another one is that I can look for quality relationships over quantity. So perhaps we have a lot of friends and we realize that it's lonely to be in a circle with a lot of people and we begin to be really intentional about a couple of quality relationships. Another one is for me, I've become more aware of when I might have my guard up and I'm preempting a rejection and I'm not vulnerable. So we might think what other people think, but we're completely wrong about that. We could be right too, but we won't know unless we take a chance. So if I'm not vulnerable and I'm just trying to have a wall up, it's very obvious that I'm not interested in engaging. And so other people aren't going to engage and then I feel lonely. So it's like a perpetuating cycle. So I have to be aware of when that guard is up and just knock it down and be vulnerable and not be afraid to be who I am. Another one is keeping social media in its own box. Sometimes we try to compare social media connections with in real life connections, and they're different. Social media serves its purpose, but it's not as meaningful. And it's just I guess, meaningful, but not in the same way as in-person relationships. So it's not a perfect substitute if I retreat from everybody I know and then make all of my connections on social media. So that's an awareness that comes out of just knowing when loneliness is creeping in. And then the final one that I have that I think can make a difference for us is to accept that closeness means different things for different people. And so we're not all the same. So what makes me feel close to someone might not at all be what makes them feel close to someone else. So um, as I move into talking about resources, I'm going to share something I recently found helpful in relation to that feeling of closeness with other people. So I just shared how I've been learning how to repurpose negative energy from loneliness into something that can bless someone else and make them feel loved. And recently when I was out for a walk, I listened to a podcast that I often listen to. And the podcast is More Than Small Talk. And this is um, a show that where three friends, Holly, Susie, and Jennifer, get into heart-to-heart conversations about real life together. And this time they were discussing closeness. And it was episode number 79. And the title was, What Does Being Close Mean? I will be linking to that in my show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 45. So if you want to check out the show, or um, learn a little bit more about the show More Than Small Talk, you can do that. In this episode, the host talked about how each of them has something different that makes them feel close to someone else. For one, it's meaningful conversation, but not necessarily in person. For another, it could be hugs and in-person contact. And in their conversation, the gals talked about how to learn to appreciate the needs of others. They gave examples of how to initiate something that others would appreciate, even if it isn't a personal preference. I find that meaningful because even if I'm an introvert, I know I have friends who are extroverts, and so they're going to need me to initiate in person, going places, doing stuff, going to concerts. They want that. And so for me to bless somebody else, it means getting out of my own little bubble 
And when the more we start to do that, the more those people can reciprocate. We can feel that closeness then with each other. So I'll link to More Than Small Talk in the show notes at michellerayburn.com 45. And I will also give some more resources that are written by the hosts of that show. So I appreciate you tuning in this week. And I hope you go out and have a wonderful week and connect with somebody in a new way. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.